Topic of our Dhamma talk this late afternoon is Satna Dhammanupasana Part Satna Three, Dhammanupasana Satipatthana Part Sorry Part Four, and during this talk we will concentrate in particular on a mindful contemplation of the enlightenment factors or the awakening factors. During previous Satna talks in this Satna series, we've dealt to some extent with a mindful contemplation of the five hindrances. Then, then there was an extensive talk on mindful contemplation of the aggregates, and in particular the aggregate of perception, and as well a talk on the aggregate of volitional formations and certain consciousness. Now, as certain of the retreat is gradually coming to a close, and there are actually not that many, not that many days left for Dhamma talks, so I will skip the treatment of a mindful contemplation of the six sense spheres, Sal Ayatana, and instead focus on the seven awakening factors. Now, these certain seven awakening factors play an extremely important role in the course of our practice. They um, very much contribute to an eventual realization of the Dhamma. Now, first, we'll talk about some general aspects connected with those seven awakening factors, and then deal with one particular awakening factor, namely that of investigation of states, Dhamma Sambhojanga. Now, the Pali term Sambhojanga or Pali term Bojanga consists of, from an etymological point of view, consists of two parts, namely Bodhi and Anga. And certainly here, Anga, in one interpretation, is a causative factor, and Bodhi is the Pani term for enlightenment or an enlightened person. So in other words, then if we combine these two terms, then the meaning of the Pali term Bojanga then becomes a cause for enlightenment or a causative factor of an enlightened being. Now, a second etymological interpretation is possible and certainly here, you know, the Pali you know, word bodhi you know, then uh, gets translated as the knowledge that's that part of knowledge that comprehends the four noble truths. So knowledge is intuitive knowledge, as certainly is arising in our in, in, in our you know, Vipassana you know, practice is of an extremely wide you know, range and uh, uh, reaches from 
a very simple understanding of the nature of just some physical sensation like softness or hardness and so on, all the way up to knowledge or understanding of the Four Noble Truths. And so, Bodhi here is that part of knowledge that comprehends the Four Noble Truths. The early stages of knowledge obviously do not as yet fully understand the Four Noble Truths. The Pali word Anga then translates as a part or portion. So when we combine the Satna to body and Anga, the combined Satna meaning then is that specific part of knowledge that sees or comprehends the Four Noble Truths. Now, yet another interpretation is there of the same Pali term, Bojanga, namely as factors causing awakening from the sleep induced by the stream of mental defilements. Now, these uh, enlightenment factors or awakening factors are uh, of seven kinds or seven in number. The first one being um, the enlightenment or awakening factor of mindfulness, sati sambojanga in the Pali scriptural language. Then, as the second one, we have the awakening factor of investigation of states, dhamma vijaya sambojanga. Then, as number three, we have the awakening factor of effort, viriyatna sambojanga, followed by the awakening factor of joy, piti sambojanga. And satna then, the last of three, are the awakening factor of tranquility, pasadi sambojanga. Then number f- the sixth one is concentration, namely samadhi sambojanga. And the last one is upekatna sambojanga, namely the awakening factor of equanimity. Now, these satna seven enlightenment factors do not arise in a haphazard manner, but rather in a very well-defined way. Now, as Sutton explained already during an earlier talk, the seven, the full development, the unfolding of Sutton, the seven awakening factors, becomes possible only when the five hindrances have been suppressed, temporarily abandoned. And those five hindrances tend to destabilize mind and as a consequence by extension also the body. So once this has been achieved, then um, the first awakening factor that tends to arise is mindfulness itself. 
So one is mindful of whatever prominent object arises. As one is aware of an object in a continuous manner, then gradually one will discern certain qualities connected with this particular object. So, at the very, very beginning of our practice, we might suddenly then gradually come to discern among the whole range of Fatna formations that some of Fatna these are bodily formations and others are mental formations. Now, this is not all. We might further then discern that among the mental formations there are some mental factors that are wholesome and others are unwholesome. And yet certainly some are ethically variable. Now, this kind of a discernment then is nothing other than investigation of states. The awakening factor of investigation of states. We've discrimin we're discriminating we're making we're discriminating one thing from the other. Now upon gaining some initial intuitive knowledge or understanding, well this fires energy, this fires effort. And with this satna then the awakening factor of effort kicks in. Now based on discerning the qualities, the nature of every predominant satna object and satna then based on the effort, the increased launched effort, then one feels the practice is really moving ahead and with that then joy arises. And that joy at first tends to be somewhat coarser. Over time, as our practice will mature, the joy will gradually become increasingly refined. Now, with this then, the awakening factor of joy, Piti Sambhujanga, comes into the foreground. So for a while, a retreat is likely to experience quite a lot of joy. And one has to be careful that suddenly the joy doesn't get or go overboard, doesn't get too uh, too strong. Now, as suddenly joy gradually becomes more and more refined, this then prepares the ground for the arising and coming to the predominance of the enlightenment of the awakening factor of tranquility, Pasadi Nasambhojanga. And so the 
prerequisite for this is an earlier stilling of the body. So only when there's the stilling of the body will there also be a stilling of the mind, in other words, tranquility, the tranquility of mind then arises. Now, a mind that suddenly is tranquil, that is serene, that is peaceful, is a mind that can that is also easily unified. So, in other words, then concentration can arise, and with this, then the awakening factor of concentration comes into the foreground. So, the awakening factor of concentration follows near the arising of the awakening factor of tranquility. Now, with a well-concentrated mind, one then eventually, and based on having observed a great variety of physical and mental formations, not just hundreds of times, but thousands, if not hundred thousands of times, one then naturally develops a certain equanimity, a certain even outlook towards certain formations. And when that certain um, situation is there, then we speak of the awakening factor of equanimity, upeka sambojanga, as coming to predominance or coming into the foreground. So it is clearly uh, that one uh, awakening factor depend or arises in independence of an earlier one. Now, one one, especially during the higher insight knowledges, in particular the knowledge of equanimity about certain formations, uh, retreat and can clearly see or experience the. A gradual serial arisal, uh, arising of uh, those awakening factors. So they do not arise all, uh, all together, all of a sudden, for sure not. Now, with one arising, it will last for a little while. One has an opportunity to get more acquainted with it, and suddenly, then, eventually, the next awakening factor will come to the foreground, and the preceding one will recede a bit suddenly into the background, and so on and so forth, until the entire collection of seven awakening factors is there. What needs to be done next is you know, to you know, then strengthen you know, those sudden seven awakening factors and also ensuring that suddenly they are well balanced. Now, 
These awakening factors are not said to conduce to full comprehension, to wisdom and to Nibbana. So in other words, they lead us to supreme wisdom and certainly this supreme wisdom is defined as a harmony of these seven constituents, the states of uh, enlightenment, certain body. And the arising of the presence of certain of these seven awakening factors is certain said, or they're referred to as seven conditions of welfare, apparihaniya dhamma, in the Pali scriptural language, because they lead or conduce to our own welfare as well as to the welfare of others. So they conduce to our own welfare in the sense that they help to bring about certain eventually the realization of the Dhamma and the same seven factors are also well known to help bring about sword and help bring about the curing of certain chronic illnesses. There's not necessarily a guarantee there, but certainly the potential for sure is certainly there. In other words, these seven awakening factors based on other you know, factors such as you know, the establishments of you know, the four you know, contemplations of you know, mind or establishments of you know, mindfulness all of you know, these then lead to a complete you know, release by knowledge and lead to knowledge and liberation, vijavimuti, in the Pali scriptural language. Now, the Samyutta Nikaya in its 46 certain collection, Discourse 48.9, speaks of the chief internal condition that contributes to the arising of these seven awakening factors, and certainly this is given as careful attention. And certainly the chief external condition then is given as good certain friendship and others, other conditions that have, are mentioned in the texts are virtue and certain diligence. Now, when we can go just by statements made or statements collected in 
the Samyutanikaya and certain other places in regard to the seven awakening factors, then we find that there's quite a lot of mention of the seven awakening factors in connection with the five hindrances. And here, clearly, that certain of the seven awakening factors are, uh, are the antithesis to the five hindrances. Now, the five hindrances are you know, factors that lead to a weakening of wisdom and satna that do hinder our practice. So in general, these hindrances have been compared to corruptions of gold, to parasitic trees, to impurities in water, which satna then obscures the reflection of one's own face. They've been uh, further referred to as makers of blindness, destructive to wisdom and distractions from the path to Nibbana. Whereas, in connection with the awakening factors, these get tremendously praised as makers of vision and knowledge, promoters of wisdom, aids along the path to Nibbana. Now, as briefly alluded to in an earlier demo talk, these uh, seven awakening factors, just like the five controlling factors, need very much need to be balanced. And so both the Bojanga Samyutta of the Samyutta Nikaya as well as the path of purification of Isuri Maga explain what is meant by balancing. So accepting mindfulness, mindfulness certainly taking on a lead role, a balancing role, the remaining six awakening factors can be placed in two groups. The first one consisting of the awakening factors of investigation of states, then of effort and of joy. These are your more active awakening factors. Then, on the other hand, we have the group of more calming factors consisting of tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. So, when on occasion the mind is sluggish, then the more activating awakening factors need to be developed, such as investigation of states, joy, effort, and and joy. And certainly when the mind is suddenly elated, when it goes overboard with joy and it's agitated, then the mind needs to be calmed. And certainly that is done, best done with the second group of awakening factors. Now, when it comes to the 
antithesis between enlightenment factors and hindrances that was mentioned just a little while ago. It is investigation of states or dhammas that suddenly then contrasts with the hindrance of skeptical doubt. And it's suddenly the awakening factor of energy that suddenly then place or is the antithesis to sloth and to torpor and suddenly the awakening factor of tranquility, basadi, then um, is the antidote to the the hindrances of restlessness and suddenly remorse. Now, the instructions that Satna are given in the Satipatthana Sutta with regard to a mindful contemplation of the Bojangas are very simple. Namely, there it says, one knows whether an awakening, whether one of the seven factors of awakening is present in oneself or not. One knows how it arises and one also knows how it comes to full development. So we've got four instructions here again knowing the presence or absence that's similar to a mindful contemplation of the hindrances and satna then if present knowing the conditions that lead to the fulfillment to the to further development and satna perfection and satna then if satna they are if uh, awakening factor is absent, then to know the conditions that lead to uh, there uh, to its arising. Now, as uh, outlined at suddenly uh, the beginning of uh, the talk, the emphasis certainly will be on one particular awakening factor, namely that of investigation of fitness states. And also the Pali term Dhamma Vijayatna Sambhujanga is made to give us already some uh, clues as to the meaning of this particular awakening factor. So, in a general way, it gets translated as investigation of states, but does this really mean investigation of states through thinking, or does it mean through reading books or participating in discussions or anything like this. Well, the 
Pali Dharma, Dhamma, Vijaya, consists of two parts, Dhamma and Vijaya. Dhamma, the Pali term Dhamma, has certain many different certain meanings, and certainly here what's the meaning that makes most certain sense is as certain phenomena, as formations in general. Now, when it and by dhammas, we mean those formations that certainly we can experience for ourselves. Now, in terms of Futna the Pali, the term Vijaya, that usually gets translated as investigation, the Dhamma Sangani might certainly help us to better understand what is actually made meant by investigation. So it's not investigation by study, but or it's not certain investigation by reading books or anything like this. But rather it is a type of research that involves a careful observation of what is really going on. Parichaya in the Pali language. The Dhammasangani further explains Vijaya as discernment, salakana, in the Pali scriptural language, and also as discrimination, upalakana, and differentiation. Now, when we engage in meditation practice, this is what we have to do again and again. Over time, we learn to differentiate between certain kinds of objects, certain categories of objects. So we learn to differentiate between various sensations. So hardness would be one type of sensation and then softness another and then relaxation yet another and then maybe a soothing sensation as yet another and certain or a strong pain or ache as certain yet other sensations and those are not necessarily all the same they have different specific curtain qualities now we then further learn to discern between physical and mental formations, we gradually get to know the various mental factors that operate in the mind, such as the hindrances, such as, let's say, some some faith, some calmness, some gladness, joy, and calmness, and certainly then happiness, and and then intuitive wisdom. Now, the Dhammasangani further proposes the term vibhavya 
in the Pali scriptural language, which then gets translated as criticism. And Satna Sotna maybe to uh, undertake this um, research in a manner, not in a gullible manner, that we just believe things right away. We take things at their objects at their surface value, but we then endeavor to go deeper and explore greater details. And then the Dhammasangani further proposes the term analysis upaparika in the Panditna scriptural language. Now, it is when we carefully carry out an investigation of some uh, object, some, let's say, mechanical item, or maybe some flower that is new to us, that we gradually then come to know its different qualities, such as maybe its color, its shape, its texture, the material it's made of, and then its the height of a flower, and then various other details, and maybe even the the scent of a flower, etc. And so by carefully paying attention, by carefully investigating what is actually in front of us, we then come to learn, we come to understand. The Venerable Saito Pandita Bhivams of Burma says that these two, investigation and insight, more or less go together. When there is a proper investigation, automatically there will be insight into an object. And there are many things in the external world that we can learn just by properly investigating about those certain objects. The same thing then goes for our mindfulness certain practice. There is a huge number of objects that suddenly comes up in the body and in the mind, and certain external objects that we can investigate, that we can then that try to understand by differentiation, by discrimination, and so on and so forth. Now, in essence, that awakening factor of investigation of states is nothing other than the mental factor of wisdom, panya in the Pali scriptural language. Now, 
its characteristic is certainly that of certain investigation and certain uh, in the sense of the ability to know the ability to know the uh, intrinsic nature of an object penetrating things according to their intrinsic nature now with regard to intuitive wisdom or investigation it is certainly said that it performs a very specific function namely the function of dispelling the darkness of ignorance so in the absence of knowledge of wisdom of investigation we do not clearly understand and so in the absence of investigation we are and we're surrounded by the darkness of ignorance and certainly so being surrounded by the darkness of ignorance then how can we know what is really going on now this certain particular uh, aspect then has been uh, compared to someone who uh, walks into a pitch black room with furniture in it and suddenly the electrical light is not working there's no candles around no flashlights available and if one goes in search of something then one risks because of the darkness to bump into either a piece of furniture or to then hits against a wall but as soon as certain one brings some light into the room then right away the different pieces of furniture will be seen and certainly the wall certainly will be evident and certainly then knowledge is certainly there So the function of uh, this investigation of states is to illuminate certainly the uh, field of objects. Now, its manifestation is as uh, uh, absence of confusion or non-bewilderment. And so, not properly under, not properly investigating, not properly seeing the true nature of formations, we then remain in deluded, confused, and certain bewildered state. That's an implication of this is that we then think 
that we have a lot of worldly knowledge and that we are you know, very you know, learned, we may even think of ourselves as you know, being wise, when in fact uh, we haven't practiced it yet and we have no clue whatsoever what is meant you know, by intuitive uh, wisdom. So you know, then uh, one thinks that certainly one is knowledgeable when in fact uh, one uh, still is quite certainly ignorant. Is this an actual experience? The experience this is an actual experience, sure. It's not a metaphor. Nope. Nope. There's so many instances in our meditation practice where this change from ignorance to wisdom to understanding happens. So let's say, if you've never meditated before, and then you think your normal state of mind is quite quite okay, that's the way it is for everyone, then you and so then you start meditating, so you find certain some uh, a lot of movement in the mind. You find a lot of agitation in the mind, but you take this to, you know, to be a rather a normal state. And then maybe two or three days later, when for the first time tranquility, peacefulness arises in the mind, with that you get the point. By way of contrast, you realize. All of that agitation earlier on is truly unwholesome. It has nothing to do with Satna tranquility and with this Satna, then uh, wisdom is there. And Satna, so you know, that Satna, then the light of wisdom, Satna, light is Satna in, uh, in a figurative sense. You know, with that, you, know, you understand much better what is truly you know, going on. The same thing goes for the difference between uh, unwholesome mental states and certain wholesome mental states, certain in general. And another example would be when a meditator, for the first time ever, has an experience of the fact that formations are not identical with the self. So, anatta. And so, so earlier on, one didn't quite understand all this talk about anatta, and now finally one gets the point. Earlier on, one thinks it's you know, true nature of things is that I am in control, and then one finds out the opposite is certainly the case. So that brings, uh, you know, that dispels the darkness of ignorance. There are many cases certainly like this. And along the line of self, well, questions might certainly arise. Um, does a self really exist or not? And did, it, did the self exist in the past or not? Will it exist in the future? And eventually one realizes that the notion of a self is just a mental construct, and that is all. 
Now, by carefully investigating, by carefully discerning, discriminating, contrasting various kinds of objects, gradually we see better, we see clearer. And gradually we come to understand about certain of the so-called four ultimate realities. And those four ultimate realities are physical phenomena as a whole, and then consciousness, citta in the Pali scripture language, as well as mental factors, citta in the Pali scriptural language, and Sapna then um, the last one is Nibbana. With a thorough practice, we might certainly eventually recognize that there is another distinction between physical phenomena and certainly then consciousness and so, you know, mental formations, those are three, and certainly as one group, and certainly Nibbana as being uh, a bit certainly different. Now, as we explore physical formations as they occur, we might find that there are certain you know, physical formations that share somewhat similar uh, characteristics, that certainly they uh, share characteristics such as hardness or softness, roughness or smoothness. And certainly we then find that certainly these belong to the group of the earth element. We then might further find that there's a great number or there's a fair number of experiences that are related to temperature. So experiences of cold, of ice cold, of cool, cool, cool temperature, and then of a lukewarm temperature, of warm, and then of a hot temperature, and then even burning uh, 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 burning heat. So a whole range of temperature-related physical sensations. So those certain sensations then can be um, taken together, seen as a group, and certainly they, from an Abhidhamma point of view, then are referred to as certainly the um, element of fire. Then we have the water element. Actually, this is the second one. So first the earth element, then water second. And its characteristic is of fluidity. And so then we find a few sensations that characterize that are characterized by this and certainly we're oozing uh, is certainly a common and certainly there's an element of cohesion there. Then 
finally, there are sensations that sensations like tightness, tautness, tension, and then motion or movement, and suddenly those suddenly then come under the so-called sudden wind element. Now, by carefully observing what is going on in the mind, we gradually learn to discover the various mental states or mental factors. One of them might be, as we've discussed already in earlier Dhamma talks, the mental factor of contact fasa in the Pali the scriptural language. And this suddenly then gets explained as the coming you know, together of three things, namely a sense object, like a visible sight, then um, as set number two, the corresponding sense doors, or in this case, certain of the physical eyes with which we see. And certain, when those two come together, then seeing consciousness consciousness takes place. And those three, the visible sight, you know, the physical eyes, and seeing consciousness, when they uh, or the coming together of those three, you know, then it's called contact or nefasa. And then, as uh, already explained, based on uh, this contact, uh, then uh, perceptions can arise, feel feelings and certain perceptions can uh, arise, as well as certain mental factors. Now, We'll be able to you know, then you know, discover quite a number of other you know, mental factors, each being you know, very special in its uh, uh, kind, and so, um, and then finally we might further sooner or later come across an experience in which the mind then takes Nibbana as an object. So path, noble path knowledge and noble fruition knowledge take place. And certainly the experience of Nibbana then is quite certainly different from those certain ordinary categories, namely of physical formations of consciousness and certain mental factors. And we find that Satnibbana has very specific characteristics, namely as permanence, as eternity, and absence of unsatisfactoriness, and instead Satna bliss and happiness are there. And the sense of anatta also applies to Nibbana, but it's different. Uh, it's different from ordinary phenomena in that 
it certainly does not rest upon unsatisfactoriness and certain impermanence. So, when carefully observing whatever prominent object certainly comes up, we then are bound to gain some intuitive understanding. So, the Buddha has certainly stated that the proximate cause for the arising of investigation is a spontaneous uh, insight or a direct certain perception of what is certainly going on. Now, other causes or factors for the arising factors, conditions that contribute to the arising of this awakening factor of investigation of states have been mentioned by the commentaries and certainly those are just to briefly mention them in inquiry as well as cleanliness of the internal base as well as the external base so to ensure cleanliness of one's own body in terms of bowel movements and certainly keeping one's nails and fingernails and toenails certainly well trimmed hair well cut and certainly so on and external cleanliness is certainly that of one's immediate certain environment then for investigation of states to take or to arise, the mind needs to be balanced. So the controlling faculties, the two groups of uh, effort and concentration on the one hand side and uh, faith and uh, wisdom on the other hand, the, each group needs to uh, be balanced as well as um, those two groups of enlightenment uh, factors. Now, when we are, when we set our mind on you know, trying to you know, arouse the awakening factor of investigation, then for sure we don't want to you know, waste that time with you know, the foolish, but rather we want to you know, associate with the wise. Those who can then give a helping hand, can explain and show the way. Now, reflection on the profound certain truth has been given as yet another condition of the final one is simply inclining the mind toward the investigation of certain states. So if you keep inclining the mind in that direction, well, then eventually it will travel or it will go in that particular direction. So if you, with every prominent object that you observe, if you really see to it that you come to know something, that you know something about this certain particular object, then investigation will arise and will gradually get stronger and stronger. Now, allow me to conclude today's Dhamma talk on uh, a mindful contemplation of the seven and awakening factors as part of Dhamma, Nupasana, Satipatthana, 
point wishing may your may in your practice may you soon uh, and so in a firm way overcome those certain um, hindrances and certainly then with the path certainly cleared may you know, the seven awakening factors arise one by one may they you know, then uh, gain in strength may they come into you know, balance and ultimately may you know, uh, with the help of these seven awakening factors um, may realization of the liberating Dhamma take place during this retreat or else in some uh, retreat in the near future. And this is it for now. There are two announcements, practical announcements. Tomorrow, um, we won't have interviews, and uh, also tomorrow night there won't be uh, a live Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.